Welcome to Radius Conversations, where we want to do real life with real faith. Our purpose here is to dive into practical questions about how to glorify God with people who have experience from a biblical worldview. I'm your host, Mariah Levitt. Today, I'm excited to talk about relationships and singleness with Katrina and Parker. Welcome, y'all. Thank you. It's good to have you. So uh, many times we focus on the marriage relationship as an example of a God-honoring relationship. While that's really important, it is not the only relationship that is God-honoring. Jesus being prime example here was single. Um, as there are many sing- single believers uh, across the world, but also in our church body. How have you seen your relationships with friends deepen and reflect Christ? So one of the things that stuck with me recently, um, I did the Find Your People group. And one of the quotes from there, it's a C.S. Lewis quote from The Four Loves. He talks about how different friends bring out different parts of you. Mm. So I think when we talk about marriage a lot, we talk about being fully known. So as a single, it feels like you can't be fully known because you don't have this person. But the truth is the relationships that I've started to build now, it's just that all the parts of me are known, but they're known by different people. Mm. So I think that reflects that being known in Christ, that fully known and fully loved, it's just spread out among community. It's so true because I think it's it's important to have a bunch of different friends because not one person can fill your need. And the same is true if you were even in a relationship with somebody. I think a lot of times people think you have to have that person in order for them to to meet those needs that you have. But even that person, like if you expect them to meet all your needs, it's it's not going to happen. They can't. Yeah. Um, I would also add to that just something a little different um, when you think about how it can reflect Christ and you can have deep relationships. I think Christ calls us to be accountable with one another and to encourage one another in him. And so I think of different friendships I've had over the past couple of years that have really just encouraged me in Christ. And we've been able to deepen each other, um, deepen our love for the Lord by holding each other accountable, by encouraging each other in Christ. Um, and in Galatians 6, 2, it talks about carrying one another's burdens. And I think that's a big part of having those friendships. I, to expand on that, I asked a friend recently to set my screen time passcode because wow, of that's accountability. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, definitely accountability. That's awesome. Yeah. So you, you kind of talked about how, I love how you hit on different people bring out different parts of you and Parker, you hit mm-hmm. on how a lot of people want that one person. Mm-hmm. So to single men and women who may de- be discouraged in that way, who really long for that one person, for that companionship in a romantic relationship, what would you say to encourage them from scripture mm-hmm. and from your experience? Uh, have you felt that way? And, and how do you fight that discontentment? <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely have felt that way. I think too, people just naturally ask you questions and like, why aren't you in a relationship or this or that? And they don't mean anything by it. Uh, but I've definitely let that discourage me over time. There have been moments where I'm like, what's, is something wrong with me? Um, why isn't it that I haven't found the right person? All of the above. Um, I'd say I've done a couple of things to fight the discontentment. One of the biggest things I've found is changing my perspective and getting my mind off of expecting a husband and then instead viewing it as a gift. I had a friend once tell me that, um, 
God doesn't owe me a husband, but a husband is a gift from the Lord. And so just changing my mindset from I like, I need this person, like God owes this person to me to I can't wait to have that person because it's a gift from the Lord. Um, That's really, really helped me fight discontentment because instead of dwelling in my self-pity now, like instead I look forward to the future days that I'm going to get to spend with that person. The Lord is not, um, he doesn't expect us to always he doesn't expect us not to have sad feelings or feel discontent. Like he'll take everything that we give. And so sometimes I just tell the Lord, like I'm struggling with this right now. And I pray for my future spouse instead of dwelling in the thoughts of, Oh, I don't have that person and I'm longing for that person. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, similar for sure. I think I'm, I won't say how much later in life than Parker, but I'm a little later in life than Parker. (laughs) And I think, with that comes a definite mind shift for me specifically. And I appreciated that uh, Megan Joe Pitts kind of addressed this in their uh, marriage podcast that not everybody's called to marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's not always the most encouraging thing mm-hmm. when you're discouraged mm-hmm. about relationships, mm-hmm. but it is the truth. And so I find myself, I always look to the Psalms when I'm, mm-hmm upset because I think they show a really great balance of like Psalm 13 specifically I thought of for this because it starts with him crying out to God saying have you forgotten me where are you like this is does not feel good but in the end he's worshiping God so it's like like you said God doesn't expect us not to be sad he there's a biblical format for complaint Mm -hmm. uh, to call out to him to complain to ask him to make it better and then to praise him and tell him who he is. So I look to the Psalms for that just for me. And I would, you touched on it, Parker, too. Just if you're married and you have somebody who's single in your life, be really delicate how you have this conversation because a lot of the time, I think the default answer is, well, God is preparing someone for you or you're being prepared or when you're content or, and the reality is, we just can't make those commitments. So learn how to grieve expectation with somebody who's single and being single, learn how to grieve the expectation as well. I love how you kind of address some helpful, practical ways married people can come alongside. I kind of want to expand on that. Do y'all have any other ways that you feel like dating friends or married friends could support you and encourage you better? Um, yeah, I think, yeah, just not trying to fix the problem or rushing to say, I think married people really hopefully like being married and it's great that they want that for me. But I think the default answer to say marriage is coming can do damage sometimes. So just learn to sit. Usually if I'm grieving being single or grieving the expectation of marriage it's because I'm carrying a weight that I want to share with somebody so getting to that weight and helping me to carry it is probably going to relieve the expectation that I have that I'm thinking can only be fulfilled in marriage but can also be fulfilled in other relationships practically speaking I think 
I love when married couples or dating couples just invite you over for dinner or invite you to, if, if a couple has kids and they're like, hey, you want to come join us for dinner or can you take my kids here? And mm. I love that. Am I always going to be able to do it? No. And I think a lot of times people will be like, oh, they're single. They're living their best life. Like they don't want to come hang out with my family. But in all reality, and again, you can contradict this if this isn't true for you, but I love getting to be integrated in somebody's family because, you know, at least for me right now, my family's not close by. So family dinners are, I, I don't have them often at all. So getting to go over to someone's house and just be a part of their life and to be loved in that way. Um, I think it just takes a lot of weight off this pressure to find your own spouse and have a family because you're like, oh, I can, you know, I can be in fellowship with other brothers and sisters in Christ and serve them. And yeah, so those are some things I think of. Big agree. (laughs) Being integrated into a family. I've never felt so loved or pursued or seen how God has placed people in my life than when they've been like, my baby is crying and I need somebody to come hold it so I can eat. And I'm like, that's great. I'll be there in 10. (laughs) (laughs) Along the lines of um, talking about how it's great to share each other's burdens and to invite each other into um, life together. Um, Where and how do you feel like you've received most encouragement and wisdom, advice, um, what does that look like for y'all? I think I've found a lot of encouragement through even the actions of others, maybe not even verbal, verbal stuff, but like in seeing just how, when I think about what I would want for a future marriage, just like seeing encouragement in how they, a couple has done their marriage or, um, yeah, just loved one another. I I don't know. I feel like I'm not answering I, this question well. Yeah, you can you is, take it. It's tricky because there aren't a ton of resources. Yeah. But I think you do get glimpses in in that advice to relationships mm. applies to pretty much all kinds of relationships. Usually mm. if it applies to a marriage, it applies to a different kind of relationship. I was listening to a podcast recently and she said loneliness is not resolved by spending time with people. It's resolved by being known. Mm -hmm. And she was speaking in the context of marriage, but it applies to singles as well as in, if I'm feeling really lonely and I invite somebody to grab coffee and then we just talk about them, I'm not improving my circuit. I could do that 30 times in a row and still feel just as lonely. I have to be vulnerable. So I think you get glimpses of advice. You have to be, it's a little, it's challenging for singles in that it's not always directed as us, at us, but you always have to be kind of listening and have your ears and eyes open to gathering it from other sources. A lot of times you hear people tell you God will bring the right person at the right time. And to me, that's just, it it kind of feels it doesn't really comfort me when someone says that on some level. However, when someone gives the wisdom or advice of in a in the format of asking a question, are you trusting the Lord? Mm-hmm. That has hit me because oftentimes I'm not. I may try to justify that I am <laughs> by being like, yeah, like I trust him, but it's hard now. Um, so yeah, it's just, I think in the form of, 
a question or questions from people. Have you been trusting the Lord or how are you mm-hmm. and how are you doing with this? Like that's been wisdom in and of itself for me. Uh, to kind of change uh, directions here, I'm really interested in what y'all say about this question. Um, how would you approach uh cross-sex relationships or for y'all relationships with guys but in general how do women single women have relationships with single men or single men with single women yeah (laughs) I'll let you kick it off and I'll chime in (laughs) okay okay and I mean I'll give this a disclaimer by I have not done this perfectly by any means (laughs) so the things that I say are Mostly my, you know, my opinions, what I've found works. Um, yeah, so, and I'm talking about this in regards to being single, not married. So, mm-hmm. of course, it's going to it's gonna look different when you're married. I would say casual, not close. You, I do not think that you can be best friends with someone of the opposite sex because it usually ends in, in, a, in a fire. <laughs> somebody likes somebody and then you just let them on and there's frustrations and emotions involved I would also say infrequent and not consistent I in my personal opinions I I do think that you can be friends with somebody from the opposite sex and should be I think that male and females are of course different and they carry just uniqueness about them and it's so special to be able to have those sisters and brothers in Christ and I think about some of the guys in school that I became really close with and I say really close, but (laughs) different than, than it was with my girlfriends, but they're like brothers to me and I can't imagine my life without them. So I'm very for cross sex friendships, but I of course also believe in boundaries. And so I think about being aware of your own feelings and being aware of the other person's feelings. If you sense that that person likes you then don't lead them on back away um and and sense your own feelings too because if you do feel like it's going in the wrong direction then you need to be in tune with that and you need to do what the lord's called you to do and if that's stepping back from the friendship then that's what that means so i would think about you know think about your motivations think about um yeah just what that friendship means and stuff but i'm i'm definitely like for for them but i don't know if you would add add to that. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of grieve your answers a little bit because I, I think cross sex relationships are so important. I treat cross, I approach cross sex relationships differently inside of the church than I do outside of the church. Mm. And I think to give an example of that, if I'm with friends at Soda City and we're, we're just hanging out, And I see a guy I know and I run up and give him a hug and I go back to my friends and they say, oh, who's that? And I say, oh, he's Joe and I know him from the gym. And they go, "Okay, cool. And then we all move on. If I stand in proximity to a man in the lobby who somebody (laughs) thinks might be single, (laughs) I will get at least four people that Sunday who ask me, is something going on? So true. And it's, it's, I think it's disallowed the relationship between men and women. And I grieve that because my thought goes, if you think, if I'm standing in proximity to a man you think might be single and your first thought is sexual or romantic relationship, if I'm standing in proximity to a married man, do you have that same thought? Mm. Is it like, what, is it me being single that makes you think 
that the re- the relationship wouldn't you know like where where do those thoughts come in and i think uh the enemy has done a really clever thing by sexualizing singleness outside of the church and then sexualizing it inside the church as well so i would love to have i love to have really deep connections with my brothers in christ and i w- would love to create in the big C church space for deep, deep relationship with them that does not have to be hindered by these kind of Mm -hmm. self-conscious thoughts about um, possible sexual sin because of the past or, you know, those kinds of things. No, I, I completely agree with that. I, I think one of the things I grieved most in, in college was I had a lot of good guy friends, but then you have, you run into some people that, just won't be friends with someone of the opposite sex and sex unless they like them. And that always would upset me and frustrate me because God has called us to, to friendship. He's called us to know one another. Of course there are boundaries. I'm not speaking out of those, but I think to not have those is just, it's really sad because I think that God has given us those opportunities. So what, um, resources would you uh, recommend or what do you have to point them maybe to some encouragement or challenge or what has been helpful for you? So I have one book that I highly recommend everybody read, but singles especially. It's called Handle With Care. It's by Laura Ferguson Wilson and it's it looks at redeeming physical touch and examines Jesus's ministry of physical touch and how he used that um, in his time here. And I think one thing that gets forgotten in singleness and that can lead to really unhealthy behavior is that there isn't purposeful physical contact with anyone else, Mm. especially if they don't have uh, like blood family nearby. There's not like a good, safe normal way to say like hey I need a hug but I need it to last like 15 seconds (laughs) so this book really looks at redeeming physical touch and kind of how to integrate it into your into your life and talk to people about it that's great yeah a book that I read that's not you know specifically maybe about dating or this or that, but it's called Captivating by John and Stacy Eldridge. I think that's how you saw their names. <laughs> it was really good for me because it's, it's more, I would say more geared to- towards females for sure. But they talk about just the longing of the female heart for, to be loved. She, she talks about some of her story and when she was younger and, you know, I, I feel like girls always have themselves as the princess and they're waiting for their prince and, she just talks about what it looks like to long and desire love, but what that looks like and how God is literally the only one that can satisfy that deepest longing in our heart. Um, again, again, having a husband, you know, is is such a gift and so sweet and he does fill a place in your life. But in the end, the Lord is the, the, the one that will fill that deepest desire in your heart. So it's really encouraging. A reminder that Radius Church exists to glorify God by making disciples, planning churches, and living generously. This has been Radius Conversations. We'll see you next time.